this evening. So did everybody get a handout? All of this is scripture, but that keeps you from having to turn to the Bible. You can just use it and mark it up. And uh, there's a couple things we're going to do on it, so you're going to need a little pen when we get a little further into it. But some, some things I want to talk about, uh, multiple passages of Scripture, and I'm going to make a little uh, comment on each of them. We have a, a main passage that, that I have for you to start with, but difficult times ahead. So that's the things we're going to talk about tonight. The, the, uh, God's never told us it was going to be easy, but he also never told us when he was coming back. It's going to be a, a journey. It's like we talked about this morning, but the thing is, is there will, God will return we just don't know when it is. And so we talk about things in, in the news and people always talking about, man, we're in the end times. And I want to share some passive scripture with you concerning that, some things that I want us to talk about with that this evening. So let's look first, let's look at our passage together, just our, our baseline passage. It comes out of Second Timothy. Uh, it is the Apostle Paul talking and speaking to us and sharing God's word with us. Second Timothy 3, and let's look at verses 1 through 9, and look with me together. And as, I'm, as we're looking at it, if you see something that just jumps out to you, just put a little mark by it, just put a little line on it, just get your pen ready, because we're going to work back through that in just a minute anyhow. But I want to see, as we read through it, if anything stands out for you. So let's look at starting in verse 1. But know this, basically what, God, what God's Word is saying, what, what Paul saying is, pay attention. And understand this, know this, all right? But know this, hard times will come in the last days. Hard times are going to come. Difficult times are going to come. It's going to be very difficult in the last days. Paul's telling us to get ready. Hard times are coming in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy. Stop right there and just look at that passage of Scripture. Y'all see any of that happening in our world today? You look around and just say, look at that, what Paul's talking about, and this is written many, many, many years ago. Paul's talking about for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful and unholy. Moving on. Unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, uh, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good. See, look again, look around. Do you see that happening today? So I say, well, Kerry, we must be in the last days. We must be in the end times. Let's keep looking a little bit further. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's the distinct difference between the two. What do we love? The worldly pleasures, the things that, that the world has to offer versus loving God. That's what this is all talking about, what Paul's telling us. For among them... There are those who worm their way into the households and deceive gullible women overwhelmed by sins and lead a, led astray by a variety of passions. Well, who do you think Paul's talking about then? Or who are these people that are worming their way into these homes, into these churches? What's he talking about there? Let's look a little bit further. Always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jambus, Jambres, Resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. They are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, and was, as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. All right? So look at those passage scriptures. Hang on to that, because we're going to dig into that a little deeper. But you think about, boy, that's Paul's hitting the nail on the head for 2023. 
Man, he's got his own point with it. The Bible does not shield the fact or hide the fact from us that there will be difficult times ahead. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, man, it's going to be easy. Things are going to be easy. It doesn't shield the fact. And God's word goes even further. It reveals to us that it's going to be hard. That it's going to be hard times. It's going to be difficult times. It's going to be struggle like you wouldn't believe. All right? So look a little further. You might say, well, I've had some pretty difficult times in the past. When you look at your own life, you know, self-examination, say, well, Kerry, it's been hard on me already. You know, we must have been in the, in the last days for a while because I've had some difficult struggle in the past. When you look at the things that are taking place all around our world today, man, when you look at in our country, out of our country, and the things that are taking place today, it seems that hard times are more prevalent than they used to be. Would you think? Agree, yes or no? Seem like they're worse now than they used to be? What do you think? Okay. Okay, so more accessibility to it. So, so what do you think, Myron? We, I mean, you've been around a day or two. I think you just got a heavier, more population. You know, uh, you know, when we came along, it was there of war. Okay. And it's just continued, you know, and uh, the this uh, one seems like it just uh, disappeared. Different generation, isn't it? That he did. And he's going to do it again, I'm quite sure. All right, so let's look a little bit further. Hard times are prevalent more than they used to be. It seems like for different people, uh, you know, for me, I don't, it doesn't seem to me like it was this hard when I was younger. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention as much. Maybe it didn't mean a lot to me then. Maybe access wasn't there as much as it is, even though it's the same, if not, all right? Maybe it's because we have better access to worldwide news. Would you think that, well, man, the news brings us right up to speed, right? Huh? Better access to news. We got it on four or five different channels. We can catch it on our phone. We got apps that show us all these different times. But there's certain ones that that Patty says, I'm not listening to that. What's news? Huh? Y'all with me on that? She said, no, 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 I don't listen to that. All right, because it's, it's, it's not accurate news. You used to could trust the news you had access to, is what Patty said. You used to could trust it. You used to, you could count on it. When Walter Cronkite, huh? When Walter was out there, buddy, you could count on it. If Walter said it, you knew it was accurate. Greg, you know who Walter Cronkite is? <laughs> huh? Willie the weatherman. You knew it was going to rain, all right? Who's behind all that, Nerm? Who do you think's behind all that? Oh, okay. All right. Maybe it's because we have better access to news, even though many times it is not accurate news. That's what we've just been talking about. 
Man, it's hard to figure it out. Is that accurate? Is that not accurate? Well, we've got to do fact-finding. We've got to make sure that what's being said is actually legitimate, that it's factual. All right? So social media has come on the scene. Let's think about that. And while many times it can be very accurate and be very informative, more times than not, to me, now that's my opinion, it seems that it is not reliable. That it's un, uh, not reliable. For instance, someone's putting in their agenda that they want to promote and they want to push in their agenda. So how do you know what's accurate? Turn it off. <laughs> That's what Patty says. Don't listen to it. Hmm? It's difficult, all right? It's difficult to know. You've got to, to take into what's being said to understand it, and you've got to do some fact-finding and check on it, see if it's valid or not. So I'm with you. I asked Patty. She tells me. <laughs> she says, don't listen to that. And she'll come. She said, have you heard this? I'll say, no. I'm waiting for you to tell me about it. So, all right. TV part of it. Cell phones is worse for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's look at this. So news may be limited. Might get 10% accuracy. Might get 100%. We just don't know. Social media we might get. We just don't know. But let's look at this. The Bible is only source of information and news that is how accurate? 100%. Based on the Bible. If it's in the Bible, you can count on it being fact. So are we in the end times here? Well, look at the, look at the scripture. Let's look at it. But it's 100% accurate and 100% reliable. The emphasis on 2 Timothy, which is what we're looking at in chapter 3, the whole emphasis on the whole chapter, when you look at 2 Timothy 3, is on two words and on two things. And those words are knowledge and responsibility. Knowing the truth and responding to it. Knowing the truth and then knowing how to respond to it. Knowing the truth and knowing what to do as a response to it. So those two things that are important. When you look at Second Timothy and you're reading through the Apostle Paul's writings, those are the things that he's emphasizing. Those are the things that he's pushing for us to understand in God's Word. It's the fact that we need to know and we need to understand what he's teaching and what he's talking about and then how we respond to it. We need the knowledge that God wants to give us through his word. We got to have it. We got to be hungry for the word. We got to want to have the word in our life. We got to want to study the word. We want to meditate on the word. We talked about that in our class this afternoon of, of how we want to just, just dive deeper into the word. All right. We got to study it and meditate on it. All right. God wants us to have all that information in his word in order to be able to navigate through a world that is losing focus on God. Amen. Do you think this world is focused on God? Do you think our leadership in this country is focused on God? And we're supposed to be praying for our leadership. And I'm, I'm not saying we don't pray for the leadership because we want God to get a hold to the leadership and, and change their focus in some areas that they need to be focused on God. But we need to be putting leaders in, in our country that have God as a priority. All right? They've lost focus on God, what it certainly seems. But the, the, the relentless the relentless things that are being said by our own country, our own government that are not biblical, it just it makes it hard on me just to, to, to swallow that. It is our primary responsibility to maintain our focus on the one true God during the time when we are here on this earth. So let me tell you something. It don't matter if you're here for, for 10 years or 90 years. All right? While you're here, our focus got to be on God. Amen? That's it. It doesn't, in times, 
It may be tomorrow. We're not promised our next breath. It may be before we get home. It may be uh, next week. It may be a thousand years from now. We don't know. But while we are here, we're supposed to be focused on God and what He wants us to do. All right? Now, so you hear the statement pretty much on a daily basis. Here's one. We're in the end times. And I hear that a lot. Well, I'm going to tell you, we're in the end times. That was a no-brainer, wasn't it? We're in the end times. If you want to know the truth, we are in the end times. Let's push a little bit further. But the end times could be today, tomorrow, or a thousand years from now. So from Carrie's perspective, all right, from my perspective, I would say when God has had enough of what's going on in this world, he's going to say, I've had enough. That's just my thought. And we talked about that in the class. When it's just like when, when God said, I've had enough, here comes the flood. You know, I've had enough of y'all. The way y'all been acting, I just can't tolerate this no more. When God says, I've had enough, he's going to shut this whole thing down. Or as we say in the South, when he has had a belly full of it. Huh? I don't know if God has a belly, but I'm just saying, that's the, this is what we say. When I've had, a, I've had a belly full of you, and I don't want any more, right? Huh? When God's had enough, he's going to call this thing off. He's going to send Jesus Christ down, and this thing's going to be over with. All right, And we don't know when that is. But Matthew 24, 36. Now concerning that day and hour, no one knows neither the angels of heaven nor the Son except the Father alone. This is Jesus talking about the end times when he was here. That's what Jesus said. Now Jesus was here a long time ago, 2,000 plus years ago Jesus was here. All right, He's telling you then we're in the end times. But no one knows when the end is going to be, all right? No one but the Father alone. Matthew 24, 43. But know this. Here you go. But know this. If the homeowner had known what time the thief was coming, he would have stayed alert and not let his house be broken into. Does that tell you anything? What are we doing? We don't sitting around waiting for it to happen. We're on mission for God, until he comes, we want to be on alert for him. I want to be watching for him. In the, in the Bible, it says he comes back How Acts, in Acts 1. Same way he left, right? Why are, why are you men standing here gazing into the heavens? When he returns, he's coming the same way. Come back the same way. All right? All right. Paul informed Timothy about the character of the last days. We know how important character is because we spend a lot of time talking about the character of things, all right? And then he instructed him on how to respond. So Paul's telling him about the character, but he tells him what to do about it, all right? It's knowledge and responsibility, all right? Now, our actions as Christians must be based on knowledge of what we gain from God, all right? Too many Christians are like the pilot who informed his pastor. Now, here's a little bit of humor. Y'all ready for some humor? Here's the pilot to inform his passengers. There's a lot, a lot of Christians act like this. You ready? We are lost, but we're making good time. That's not what you want your pilot to tell you. We're lost, but we're making good time. We're going to get there sooner than you can imagine. All right? We don't know where we're going, but we're making good time. The last days begin with the ministry of Jesus Christ and will continue until he returns. And be more specific than that. Hebrews 1. Look at Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets by the, in, at different times and in different ways. In the last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir to all things and made the universe through him. 
So through his son, God's been speaking to us through the last days, through his son, all right? The, they are called the last days because in them, this is the thing, why are they called the last days? Because in them, look at this, in them God is completing his purpose and his promises to his people. God has made promise to us. God has uh, had purpose for us. And in the last days, he is completing all the purposes and the promises that he has given, given us. And the final promise is going to be what? Jesus is going to return. That's a promise. There's no second guessing that. There's a promise. He's going to return. All right? Because our Lord is delayed his return. Just look at this. Because uh, Christ hasn't come. All right? Because he hadn't come. And we've been talking about he could come any day. Come any day. Well, because he hadn't come, some people scoff at the promise that he really is coming. He's really not coming. He would have already come by now. Look how bad it is in our country. Look how bad it is in our world. Well, if he was coming, he should have, would have already come. But the Lord will come just as he promised. Look at Second Peter 3, 3. All right? Above all, and he's talking about these people. Above all, be aware of this. Scoffers will come in the last days. Scoffers and, fo- and followers are following their own evil desires. He says it in specific, Second Peter. During the last days, there will be times and seasons of difficulty. It's going to be hard. It's already hard, but it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard, all right? And the Bible says, as times draw to a close, they will become what we call perilous. What does that mean? It says that there will be times of perilous. This word means this word means dangerous. It means hard. It means savage. It means hard to deal with. That's what's going to take place in the end times. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to deal with. There's going to be savage uh, things that happen. This is the same Greek word. If you go back in the Bible, it's the same Greek word that is used to describe the two violent demoniacs in Gadara. So look at Matthew eight twenty eight. These are things that have been going on since Jesus' ministry. When he had come to the other side, to the region of the Gadarans, two demon-possessed men met him as they came out of the tombs. They were so violent. They were so violent that no one could pass their way. They were out of control, off the chain, demon-possessed people that were so violent nobody could pass their way. This suggests that the violence of the last times will be energized by who? And by what? Satan. Satan and his demons. That's what it says in there. They were demon-possessed. The last time is going to be energized by the demons that, that Satan drives. I mean, that's what last time is going to be. First Timothy 4.1 says this. Now, the Spirit explicitly, explicitly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, paying attention to the deceitful spirits and teachings of the demons. You see that happening in our, in our world today? Mm-hmm. Where people are departing from the faith and where we're trying to mold uh, religion, so to speak, Christianity, to make it comfortable, to make it fit into the lifestyles of people, to make it social, socially acceptable. We're molding, we're changing God's word. To, we're not, but people are, okay, to, to fit into their lives so that they are more comfortable, so that they're happier, so that it matches the way that they believe. There's no doubt that these characters started to appear in Paul's day. And that's why I wanted to take you all the way back to that. And now they have increased in intensity. There's no, no doubt. There's more. Whether it's the fact that we have better access to it 
or we have more population, we have more people here than they had, you know, that's why there's more of it. But there's no doubt that it has intensified in, uh, in increased in intensity. It is not simply that we have more people or in the world or better news courage. It appears that evil is deeper and at a greater intensity than it was, and it is being accepted and promoted by society in a bolder way. You believe that? Yeah, society says it's okay. You know, we can change. Are we on... Are we going out live, Jason? I can't say things that, that certain things, right? I wanted to say something, but I guess I'll get. get. All right, y'all see me after church. There's a few things I wanted to discuss with you. <laughs> okay. All right, where was I at? It's been promoted. I mean, things that are just accepted. All right, it's not that we have small pockets of rebellion here and there. I mean, it used to be you just had little small pockets here and there, you know, of rebellion, and now it just seems like it is everywhere. Let me just think about it. What, what do you think is going on in our, our our universities? You know, the things that are happening in the university, the protests that are taking place. All these are things that used to you wouldn't tolerate. You know, these are things that that are not acceptable. All right, all right. It appears that a large population within society seems to be in turmoil and rebellion is against God's instruction. So 1 Timothy 3 uh, verse 1 says we are indeed in terrible hard times. There's no question about that. We looked at that. Man, we're in the hard times. We're in difficult times. We're in the, the end times, the last day. Paul gave Timothy instructions to follow in order that his ministry might be effective during the dangerous, difficult, hard times. So he gave him instructions. Instructions was to, to continue on, to keep going, to be in the ministry, on, you know, to carry on with the ministry. Basically what Paul is saying is that we should avoid certain groups of people. All right? Well, hold on, Carrie. Now you're telling me a certain amount of people that i got to avoid? Well, I'm not talking about not sharing the gospel with all people. That's different. That's not what Paul's talking about here because we're to, to go to all nations. We're to go to all people. We're to go to all uh, uh, countries. We're to go to, to make sure that all people hear the gospel. But that's not what he's talking about. He says we're to avoid certain group of people. So let's look a further. 2 Timothy 3, 5, all right? Holding on to the form of godliness by denying its power and avoid these people. People who have been... Uh, who have heard the gospel and claim to be Christians. Uh-oh. So these people are, that you're to avoid are people who've heard the gospel. They've heard it, but you're to avoid them. They claim to be Christians, but they're not. All right? Those are the ones that infiltrate a lot of the churches, and, and that's what he's saying, avoid these people. Paul lists numerous characteristics concerning this type of people that we need to avoid. All right? This is where you need to get your pen out and get ready. All right? In verses 2 through 4, Look at this on that second page I got for you. I want you to underline and see how many characteristics Paul uses to describe this type of people that I'm talking about. All right? So look at verses 2 through 4. Take your pen, either circle them, underline them, but just mark them. I want to see how many you count because I know how many I counted. All right? Well, in these three passages of Scripture, yeah. There's characteristics that Paul described of the people that we are to avoid. Just when you get through, we'll go through them verse by verse.
passages in verses 2 through 4. You could almost underline every word in there. I mean, it's pretty close, all right? I think I counted 18. How many y'all got? 18? 20, okay, all right. All right, let's look, at, let's look at them together, all right? People that we need to avoid, starting in verse 2, for the people will be lovers of self. That'd be number one, lovers of self. And we, how many times have we talked about Christians... Legitimate Christians, believers, followers of Christ, where do we put, who do we focus on first? God, all right? Who do we focus on second? Other people. Where do we focus on ourselves? Lovers of self, all right? Lovers of money, that's number two. Boastful, proud, we certainly avoid all that. Demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, all right? That just left out. For people will be. Huh? The rest of it is underlined. All right? Let's look at verse 3. Unloving, irreconcilable, slanders, without self-control, brutal, without love, for what is good. I Man, that's almost a whole sentence there as well. All right? And then the last thing. Now, these are characteristics. Look at what we're looking for. Traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than... Lovers of God. And our first priority is to love God. And it's the last thing on there. People love pleasure over loving God. And that, let me tell you, that's a worldly issue. That's worldly issue taking control. You know, and people have different philosophies about what God wants them to have, how he wants them to enjoy life. You know, God, you deserve to be happy. Isn't that a phrase we use? People say that all the time. Do what makes you happy. If you're not happy, I mean, you're going to be happy. That's the thing. Is that there is an emphasis in here on love. All right? Look at the word love. There's an emphasis on love all throughout this. Lovers of their own selves, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Love is important. All right? Unconditional love is what God has for us, and that is important. And that should be number one. Lovers of God should be what we're looking for. All right? Let me give you this one. I wrote this one on your paper for you. Because you know how I feel about anatomy. The heart of every problem is a problem in the heart. You agree? It starts in the heart. It starts in the heart. All right? You, when Jesus comes inside of us, he comes to live in our heart. But there's a change that takes place in our heart. All right? It's a focal point of our body. God commands us to love him supremely. I want you to, to, to pay attention to that. He wants us to love him supremely. And then he wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest commandment. He wants us to love him supremely, which is above everything else. All right? So there's, you've got to get this focus right. You've got to understand the focus. That's what he wants us. Above everything is supremely. But if we love ourselves supremely, then we will not love God or our neighbors. If we t- get that out of order... You know, God wants to love him supremely above everything else. But if we change and we want to 
I want to be happy. I want to do things that make me happy. I want to focus on me. I deserve to be happy. When there's a, there's a difference in that, then we change, when we change our focus from God to ourselves, then we don't love God or people. All right? We want to make sure that we get that right. In this universe, there is God, there are people, and there are material things. There's three things we need to focus on, God, people, and material things. But if we start worshiping ourselves, we'll ignore God, and we'll start loving things and using people. You with me? Exactly. All right, here we go. This is the formula for a miserable life, yet it characterizes many people today. Many people live in worldly values. They're living in worldly things. Things, the more things they have, the better life's going to be. If I can just get this, if I can make sure that I stockpile this, the more things they have, the more happy they're going to be. The more money I make, the better I'm going to be. That's all the things that they're talking about, all right? The worldwide craving for things is just one small piece of evidence that the hearts of people have turned their focus away from God and on to other things. Isn't that sad? Did y'all know we're living in the last days? I'm not sure um, if I really want to be living in the last days. I I think God's going to. He's going to come, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be here when he comes. I'm hoping I'm already going to be there. But anyhow, if someone works, loves and worships himself, the result of worship is called pride. <clears throat> pride. Remember that was in one of the, the passages. Proud, all right? There's a difference between I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you, daughter. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of what you've made out of your life. That's not prideful. There's a difference in that, all right? We're talking about pride, all right? If someone loves and worships himself or herself, the result of worship is pride. Satan promotes prideful nature. That's what he po- pushes. That's what he's behind, all right? So let's look at Genesis 3, 5. In fact, God knows that when you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. That's what Satan was promoting. That's what he was pushing for Eve to be like God. You'll be just like him, all right? That's a prideful issue, all right? Pride is exactly what Satan offered Eve in the garden, and as a result, people changed the truth of God into what? What did they change it for? The truth was changed for what? A lie. The truth was changed for a lie because Satan was doing nothing but telling a lie. He is the, the father of lies. All right? The people changed the truth for a lie, and they worship and serve the creature, which was Satan, more than the creator, which is God. All right? Look at Romans one twenty-five. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshiped and served what had been created instead of the creator. All right? Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Let's look at this. Does not suggest that we are, have to choose between pleasure and God. Because God's not telling us that we've got to choose between pleasure and Him. So understand this. Let's look at this together. For when we live for God, we enjoy the greatest pleasure of all. Amen? Y'all with me? God didn't say you can either have pleasure or you can have me. He said if you have me, you will have the greatest pleasure of all. All right? Look at Psalm 1611. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand is what? Eternal pleasure. Man, pleasures that last through all eternity. Not temporary pleasures. Worldwide pleasures are temporary pleasures. God provides eternal pleasure pleasures all right the choice is between loving pleasure and loving god if we love god we will enjoy the fullness of life here 
and in eternity, but the pleasure of sin, all right, think of that this, is only temporary and only for a brief time. Let's look at Hebrews 11.25. Let me get swallowed. And choose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. That's it. So we've got to take a choice as Christians. We're going to choose to suffer. There's going to be difficult times. It's going to be hard times. But it's a choice that we make because God's going to provide the pleasures that we need. He's going to provide the encouragement that we need. He's going to provide the strength that we need. And it's going to be now and in heaven. All right? So look at this. No one can deny that we live in a pleasure-focused world. I can't deny that. But these pleasures too often are just shallow entertainment and escape from reality. They are not enrichment and are not true enjoyment. Satan is an imitator of what God does, and his motives are completely opposite of what God has purpose for us. Satan is an imitator. He tries to imitate what God does. He tries to, to sneak in and talk to you about like God would talk to you. He used scripture occasionally to help you, but he 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 manipulates scripture, all right? But he's an imitator of what God does, and his motives are completely opposite of God. Satan counterfeits and tries to manipulate people in believing his lies. Now, here we go. We're almost done. The Bible says that religious leaders in the last days will use, be counterfeit in their faith. Man, it's hard to believe that somebody that, that's a religious leader could use, be counterfeit in the faith. The only thing is, is to know is that they were never Christian leaders in the first place, all right? Religious leaders be counterfeit in their faith, and their purpose will be to promote a lie and resist the truth of God's word. They will deny the authority of the Bible. They will substitute it with human wisdom and worldly philosophy. They're going to change it. They're going to try to change it. They're trying to change the Bible now, all right, to make sure it fits in a little bit better uh, package for us. In their attempt to be modern and to fit in with society, they deny the reality of sin. You with me on that one? It's not really sin, all right? And then they, then the need for people to have salvation. So church, understand this, all right? And I'm almost done. There's going to be some hard, difficult times in the last days. Can't deny that. I wish I could tell you it's going to be easy. There's going to be some hard, difficult times in the last days. But we have been in the last days since Jesus began his ministry on this earth. And the last days could have come at any time. And God told us that. Jesus said, nobody knows but the Father. All right? And the Father does know. And, and when, the last day, when he has fulfilled his purpose, when he has had enough or had a belly full, he's going to call it off. All right? God is still in control. That's the best part about it. God's still on the throne. He's still in control. The same God that was on the throne when Jesus hung on the cross is the same God that we had in 2020 during covid He's the same God we have in 2023. He's still on the throne. He's still in control. He uses things to help uh, move his ministry along. He uses people to be on mission with him, but he's still on the throne, and he's still in control. We need to continue to keep our eyes focused on the mission of God until Jesus returns to receive his church to himself. Amen? We don't sit around. I mean, it's, it, it looks bad. You know, the world is falling apart. You know, it's terrible. Things that are happening in Israel, things that are happening in the Far East and all over the world. And the things that happen in the United States of America. I mean, it is, it is off the chain, so to speak. All right? But we've got to stay focused. 
We've got to stay focused on the mission that God's put us here for. We've got to share the unconditional love that he's given us a challenge to do. We've got to share the gospel the way he's told us to do it. We've got to minister to people when they need it, and we've got to encourage one another. We've got to go closer to each other, and we've got to study the word. We've got to memorize the word. We've got to memorize scripture. We've got to have uh, small group meetings. We've got to do things that encourage us, that bring us together, that strengthen us, so that when Satan tries to squeeze his way in, what are we going to do? When Satan tries to come through that door and he wants to disrupt this church, what are we going to do? We're going to send him packing, amen? Huh? So we're going to stop him right in his track. We won't, he won't be able to get past the security team that's on the porch. Huh? All right. Discipline. you got to have discipline. You're right. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Good deal. All right. Anybody else? All right. Brother Michael, would you dismiss us tonight?